friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about how to stop comparing your journey to others and how to figure out what success means for you. We're also talking about how to be intentional with the hours in our day so we can be fully present with the people and the opportunities that mean the most to us. And there's no better person to talk us through this than my new friend, Cezanne Hendricks. Cezanne is a globally recognized digital creator with her husband, Stevie Hendricks. They have spent almost a decade in the online space connecting with millions of people worldwide. Recently, they wrote a book together called A Real Good Life, Discover the Simple Moments that Bring Joy, Connection, and Love. And in it, they share their story and what they discovered as they were searching for the good life as they refer to it. And so that's what you're gonna hear about today. Friends, I loved this conversation. I cannot wait to introduce you to Cezanne. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Okay, you guys, you are in for a treat today. I'm sitting here with my new friend. We just decided we are soul sisters at this point. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my new friend, Suzanne Hendricks. And I am just, Suzanne, I've been following you for, for ages, it feels like. And I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to Girls' Night. 
Hey, girls! Stephanie, I'm so happy to be here with you. And I feel like this girls' night is our soul sister night. Like we are just... I mean, before we recorded this, we went in and just started talking about all things life. We actually have some things in common, like same literary agency and just we have a lot in common, I've realized. So Mm -hmm. I'm just very excited that I'm here with all of you guys hanging out today. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun because like seriously, right before we hit record, we were just talking about like, you know, when you've walked a path and you can turn around and help someone who's behind you. Like it's such a, like, that's such a gift. And that's exactly what Girls' Night is all about is like, why would we make it so that we all have to figure everything out individually? Like let's pool our resources and like divide and conquer here. And amen, so we we're just talking amen, about amen. that. Girl power. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, so tell us about, for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Uh, well, ladies, I am Suzanne Hendricks, and I am a mother of three and a wife, first and foremost. And I love, I love storytelling. And so somehow, some way, I landed into the world of content creation before it was even called content creator um, ten years ago when I started sharing little bits and pieces of my daily life and the things that I loved. And at the time, it was started as fashion and beauty. And then it evolved into lifestyle and marriage and, you know, homemaking. And then today, it really is all of a culmination of all of those things as I'm kind of rediscovering who I am, what I love now that I'm, you know, six months postpartum with my third child. And I just... I love my online fam. That's what I call them. So thank you guys for having me here. Hopefully some of you guys who are listening, if you have been a part of my journey, please, can you like let me know if you're listening to this somehow, some way, go and find me on my Instagram, DM me or maybe reshare this episode. I would love to just connect with some of you and hear maybe when you started following along because... I hear all kinds of things and it's always just so fun to see when our paths crossed. I love that. I love that. That's so fun. Um, Okay, tell me your fun fact. Okay. Um, Do you guys hear Oliver crying in the background, by the way? I promise I have not neglected him. He's back. He's he's in the living room with my husband and my husband's probably like, okay, buddy, your mom is trying to do a little interview. So if you hear a little baby boy crying and screaming, that's why he's giving daddy a hard time. He's not not by himself. Yep. (laughs) He's not by himself. Um, My fun fact is y'all don't laugh at me. And I actually talk about this in my book very early on. So it's not, it's public information at this point. I actually can't ride a bike. I cannot ride a bike. What is wrong with me? I've never learned. Never. You you never learned. Mm -hmm. Never. Never. Never learned how to ride a bike. But I really went through the season of my life where I was obsessed with indoor cycling classes. So I was like the number one, like front row girl kind of Uh cycler. Uh And my husband would literally see me walking out of these classes all sweaty, like feeling myself. And he's like, little do they, he would say, little do they know in there that you don't even know how to ride a real bike, okay? Miss Queen of the Stationery. So um, I I finally, my goal is to learn this year. I think the reason I've held it off for as long as I have is because A, I had no desire for a really long time, but B, the past five years of my life, I have been either pregnant or 
having the, the kid and raising the kid. And so anytime I was in that mindset of like, ooh, I want to try something new. Maybe I should learn how to ride a bike. I'd get pregnant again. And so I was like, well, I can't learn now. What if I fall off? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. so I'm committed though. It's going to happen this year. I'm going to learn how to ride a bike. That's this my is, fun fact. <laughs> this is the year of the bicycle. I love that. Um, I mean, I don't know the last time I rode a bike. I feel like I would be wobbly. I mean, like, I, I know how to do it, but it's not like I've done it lately. So we'd probably do be... Do you have any tips for me? Like, it's really not that. I think I'm I'm, just I'm freaking keep, myself out. Yeah, you're freaking yourself it. out. You just got to... I think you just got to keep pedaling. That's what keeps you upright. So you can't... <laughs> like, you can't go slow. The faster you go, I think the easier it is. Um, okay, but that's great. a weird, all that's right, a weird right. thing. Well, you're gonna have to let us know how it goes. I love that. Okay, I will. Um, well, okay, so you told us a little bit about this, but I would love to hear, um, like, I- I'm always so curious about people's stories because I feel like they always have twists and turns and like, you know, I thought I was going to do this and then that's not what happened, but what happened was really cool and just perfect for me. And, you know, all of the... Oh, the other thing is that I think that we see someone who's successful and we just assume that they like woke up one day and that's how yeah. it, and like they woke up one day and it just happened. And that's mm-hmm. never true. Yeah. So I would love to hear, tell us like what your career has looked like, what your career story is. Uh, yeah, we you know, well, 10 years ago, Stephanie, when this started, there wasn't very many, there, there were definitely bloggers out there, especially European. There was a lot of like style bloggers and things that I had looked at and I thought, wow, how did they get to where they are? There's no way I can compete with that, right? Like it doesn't matter where you start in your journey. There is always going to be comparison creeping over you, discouraging you. And that just kind of invites fear and doubt and worry. And then ultimately what happens, we don't go for it. We don't press go on some of these dreams that are just living in our hearts because of, I think, that fear of failure and the fear of the unknown. So with a pack like social media and the whole influencer thing before it was even named that was when I started, I didn't, I was looking, um, at the time I was looking to pursue a career in like broadcast journalism. That's what I got my degree in when I was studying. You did too? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I think we kind of brought it to good use, our degrees. Because look, we're like kind of like we're, you're interviewing. We're, and we're speaking talking. into <laughs> microphones. Yes. Storytelling. Listen, we did so, it. <laughs> yeah. And so while like it, we didn't end up doing that thing, it's been a thing that's helped fuel this thing that we're doing now, right? So I think for me, I thought it's going to be this one really straight path. Like I'm going to get my degree. Then my plan is to go out to Los Angeles from Texas and I'm going to really give it my all, like they say. Especially back then, it was like you had to live, breathe, eat, sleep your dreams in entertainment if you wanted to succeed as like an entertainment reporter. And so I was really dreaming of the red carpet vibe life, the um, Juliana Rancic, Ryan Seacrest era. That was kind of where my eyes were fixated on like this vision that I had for myself was like, oh, I want to fit that. And so I thought, okay, I have one it takes. So the confidence got me to LA. But as soon as I got there, oh my gosh, I was totally that small fish in a really big pond that is Hollywood and Los Los Angeles. And while I felt like I had made all these connections in, in Dallas at the time, and I had this great network, there was something that was just like a hard smack in the face with reality when I went to LA. But I just felt like, you know what? I'm not going to just go home. I didn't pack up my whole life just to come here. So I said, realistically, my bank account, I can probably only give it maybe six months to a year out here. You know what I mean? Because I was 
really like living on my sister's couch. And I, I knew that, okay, it's expensive to be out here. Let's be real. You've got to make money in order to stay here. And so I said, I'm just going to give it my all. Six months, undivided, I'm doing this. And so little doors were opening here and there. But you know when it's like you get these little opportunities that seem really cool on the outside, like these little gigs I would do, but they ended up being like, you'd be pulling these all-nighters and I would do these internships. And I was like, really like, whew, burning it out of all both ends. Like, and I just was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, this is a lot and I'm not even making any money. I, I was doing side jobs, trying to make ends meet. Like, I just was like, what is this life? What, what is this what everybody does? Like, and so when doors weren't opening the way that I had imagined, I hit that six month mark and I just started freaking out a little bit and I just got really discouraged. And I said, what's the point? Why am I here? Why do I feel like God called me here for a reason, but it's not going according to my plan? And that's when I think I finally came to the end of myself, which was one of many times <laughs> and every day, really. I, I realized the power of in coming to the end of yourself because in that moment, when I think for me, when I came to the end of myself, it was literally like on my hands and my my knees, like crying in the bathroom floor of my sister's little apartment in LA. And I had this real moment with myself. And I was like, I really feel like I have a lot of like energy in me. I have this vigor and this heart and this passion to like, to, to tell stories and to do entertainment and style. And, and I love it. But nothing's opening for me. Is it because I'm not good enough? I'm not pretty enough. I don't look the part when I would walk into these auditions. Like, what is it? And why can't I seem to figure it out? And I literally felt this surrendering of like, lay it down. And when I laid down this kind of like control that I was trying to possess over my path, that's when I really felt this soft whisper. Uh, and that we all know is like of, of the Holy Spirit. And it was literally God's voice telling me, um, you know, in the, in the sweet way that we know when God speaks into your spirit, it was like, you know, it was basically like, you're going to go this route. It felt like he was showing me a different road. And I said, what? I only was looking at one road and that other road, the only thing I saw on it, I was like, what other road? The only thing I could see on it was my, this little blog that I had at the time. And it was just this little hobby thing that I was using to help my career in entertainment. So isn't that funny how it all started, right, with a dream that then I felt like I had to lay down and then God kind of, I don't know, he reignited that dream in a whole beautiful new way. And, and honestly, the rest is history because once I kind of obeyed that calling, I kind of picked myself back up and said, all right, it's time to roll up my sleeves and figure this whole thing out because I don't have an I don't have the the moving parts to if you do A, then you go to B and then you go to C, like some career paths have in place those markers. So instead it was like I had to create the A and then I had to make a bunch of mistakes in the middle and then this and that and then create B and then get to C. And so that's that was life 10, over 10 years ago in the digital social media world, which then led me to do YouTube videos and ed I loved editing content. That's what I learned in college. And so today now it's become my little mini, I don't know, my little mini dreamland empire that I've been able to build alongside my, my husband. And it's my favorite thing that I get to be myself for a living. And I think that's just been the, the greatest blessing from above because I didn't pick this path. I really didn't. And, and I landed here and it just has all the doors started opening because it was just like the right thing. You know what I mean? 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I love that so much. And we really do have so much in common. I I love that. I love that. That's so... My favorite thing that you said is that you get to be yourself for a living. And that's... I totally feel the same way. If my goals like if if my path hadn't gotten totally rerouted i would have been like in you know doing news which i think is just such a is like such an important job but just wasn't right for me in a whole bunch yeah. of different ways and and wouldn't it, yeah it just would have been a really different path for me and this one is so much better but it, i am getting to use the things that i wanted the skills and interests that i had in the beginning um, but in a different way. And I just, oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, now that I'm 34, I started this journey when I was like 
gosh, well, I was doing a bunch of interns and internships and stuff, thinking it would help the whole entertainment path. And so I started doing those at like 19, 20. I'd take little opportunities to travel to New York and do some of those like blood, sweat and tears jobs. So it allowed me to learn. And then like, once I got to that stage of like, okay, I think I want to do my own thing and start building this little blog. I never in a million years dreamed that it would become anything because I think I didn't know how. I didn't know how to do it. And so sometimes we discourage ourselves because we don't necessarily know how. But like when you when you know your why, you really figure out your how along the way. And so I think we're living in a generation today where like I look at Gen Z, the generation behind me, and I see them as like little sisters because if I could talk to them and tell them anything from what I learned in my 20s, it was that, you know, today I feel like people are a little bit more shy to take risks because everything is so public and you do see a lot of like people to your left and your right pursuing career paths and them seeing, you see, you know, Susan to your left who she posts one thing on social media as this blogger and bam, it skyrockets. Or you see this person to your right who has this really amazing dream house that you wanted for yourself. It's really easy to compare yourself and get lost in that. And then it ultimately deters you from pressing go on your own dream. So I just would encourage anyone and everyone who's just listening to this right now and is like, okay, well, how do you know whether or not to like pursue something or whether or not to like, like maybe I need to lay it down. I would just encourage you to go where you feel the most at ease and what feels like where peace follows you. There's times where there's a difference between hard work. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy work. But there's a piece that kind of, it feels like the winds in your sails. Like that piece to me feels like it's a divine piece of the puzzle that is necessary when you have a big dream. The bigger the dream, the bigger the risk, and the bigger, I think, the divine intervention that you're going to need in your sales. So trust that where peace follows you, continue to go. And when you start to feel like, uh uh-oh, I feel like I'm at a dead end right now with this whole thing. I invested this much money or I spent a lot of time at this. I'm very much... I would say, and for me, I'm high functioning. So like, instead of me stopping and completely taking a step back, I sometimes push harder. And I've seen how the Lord has used that to get me to be still and to see that like true faith is at rest. And if I'm going a million miles per hour, I'm not giving the divine, right? The opportunity to come in and surprise me and to show me what he can do through me and with me. And so go where you're going to feel at peace. And if you're not feeling at peace right now about something that you've started, it doesn't mean to throw it in the wastebasket in your heart. I just think it means like you need to take a step back and instead of focusing on the perfection of your heart, focus on the direction. And it is okay sometimes to slow down. It is okay sometimes to say, I'm going to take the exit right now and I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a break. I mean, we all, I think, need those pit stops in the journey as we are building And as we're growing and we're fueling these God-given desires and and talents and dreams in our heart. Okay, so if this is helpful for anyone else, great. But this is for me. (laughs) So really (laughs) glad. Really, really glad you guys. I'm I'm preaching to myself too, because Uh I still feel like, girl, I'm still figuring it out. There is no, I've arrived. Can Mm -hmm. we just be real? 
Yeah. There's no, and I mean, you'll agree with me, right? Because yeah. like you've created this whole world of yours, which is amazing. And I bet some of your listeners are like, man, I wish I could have a podcast like Stephanie. And like, she really seems to like have it all figured out. And she seems to be so poised and makes it look so easy. But if only people knew, right? It's like behind the curtain. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of challenge every day. And just know that I say that to encourage you not to defeat you. It's to know that like, People like Steph and, and me, we too in the journey every single day, I feel like I'm like, oh God, I failed today. Or God, I need grace. I need more grace. I just, uh, you know, every single day is like, you never I have feel no like idea you've what arrived. No. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. never going to have that sense of I've arrived at the top no. of the mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love, so I love what you said about um, the wind in your sails. I, I want to like dive into the, the idea of peace a little bit further because I find, and you know, we've been talking about this on the show lately with like a new kind of corner of my corner of the internet that we've opened up. It's this um, shop that I've, I've been dreaming of forever and it's officially called the Girls Night Gift Shop. Um, and it's Cute. like matching shirts for you and your friends um, and best friend gifts because I always find those to be really hard to find. Um, and so, but it's been this dream that I've had for like, I don't like my whole life really. And then something that I've been working on for the last like 18 months or so. But when I really started to press go on it, I just was so in my head and got so (laughs) nervous. And like, and I find that to be true with basically everything that matters that I do. The second I put it out there, I feel like this is trash. I am trash. Uh Everything is trash. I Uh like, I must hide. (laughs) The vulnerability hangover is like immediate for me. And so I would just love to hear your thoughts on like how to know when. Like this thing you're doing is just scary and you just got to keep going versus that me or or like, how do you know when it's just, you need to keep going because this thing is just yes. scary versus there's uh-huh. no peace here. You know what? Change I'm gonna, well, well, I'm going to start by saying, you know, personally for me, now what you might see on the outside is like, oh, wow. When it's, nobody ever knew who I was, right? Which is, I feel like a lot of people, most people, but when they go to my Instagram, right, you see 1.2 million followers and she's got a book and she's got, you know, she's done these collaborations with these brands and all of these things. Like you immediately can look at that and you can think like, oh my gosh, like I bet like this was an overnight thing. And for me and and for some people it is, like we saw in the COVID pandemic era that there was a lot of like overnight sensations that popped up through TikTok and stuff. For me, since the very beginning in this 10-year journey, I feel like it has been a very slow drip. Some seasons, I was, I had more wind in my sails and I felt like, ooh, there's so much opportunity. I look back and I'm like, should have capitalized on that. Instead, I was so hard on myself that I didn't do certain things. But I try not to do that because then it creates the whole regret thing and then you get in your own head about that. That's a whole other topic. But what I will say is that I've learned in my own journey, whether I'm trying to sell a product for a brand and they're paying me and I want to see it perform, I want to see it do well and I want people to love the product. I've seen times where those things have flopped. Eh, womp, womp, nobody clicked it, nobody. And you see that and you're like, 
oh, that like makes me feel really crappy. And I feel like it makes me look bad to the people that believe in me, whether it's my followers or these brands that are investing in me. But the truth is, is like this whole, whether you're an influencer or not, or anything that is self, I say self-made, but really like anything that like God has created you to do, you have to know like it is a marathon and not a sprint. And if you think that like you're going to have the Kylie Jenner effect, which is in 10 minutes, you sold 1 million product or heck, let's say in 10 minutes, you've got 100 people even. I mean, 50 people even. Like, why are we creating these benchmarks for what success has to be and what it has to look like? And I think sometimes we bottleneck ourselves and we get in the way because of those false and unrealistic expectations that for some reason, Western society and culture has fixated upon. Because when I go to Switzerland, like for example, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. When I go there and I walk into one of the most cutest, coziest, beautiful little like um, shop, like there's a little shop where it's like they make, you know, wool vests and things. I walk in there and I can't help but think like, this is such a small operation here. This is a little mom and pop thing, but they love it. And they are is so invested in it for the right reasons. And while they may not may, be making a million dollars in sales, that's not always the goal. You know, I think when you just like can stay the path and focus on your direction instead of perfection, I believe like a seed that you put in the soil, it's going to take time before you can harvest. It's going to take seasons where you're going to dry out seasons where you're not tending to it enough or as much. It's the same thing with like your shop or your product or your dream. Stevie actually says this analogy way better than me and I'm going to try, but he said this and it's, it's really amazing is he spoke to somebody who's like a wine connoisseur. And the analogy was basically like, you would think that the, the, the wine, you know, there's a whole process when it comes to making wine, getting it to the point where it pours into your glass and you say cheers. The before that, some of the most delicious wine that those specific grapes, they actually have to go through a lot more um, uh, hardship in order to be able to ripen and, 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 make wine. And so they're actually in very hostile environments and they're very, very picky and they're very like, it's it's really hard and it takes longer, but it ends up producing the most delicious fruit, literally, and in your cup. And it's like, we need to think about ourselves in that way. We need to think about our dreams that way. And I know I'm blabbing and blabbing on and on, but I'm, I'm you're speaking my language right now because... <laughs> You know, Stevie and I are in a season right now where I feel the same way as you. Anytime you create something new, you feel so vulnerable. And for us, we just wrote, you know, and launched our book, A Real Good Life. And that's the first, I think, out of all the work we've ever done, it really is the most special piece of work I've ever done. Probably the most important. Because why? It took us five years to actually be able to finally put pen to paper and to bring it to life. And so many times when you want to throw the towel in or you're like, ah, this is not going anywhere. I have writer's block. You wonder, is this ever going to come to life? Are we ever going to see the day? And then the day comes. And then you're like, wait, I didn't anticipate that I'd be feeling all of this like 
anxiety and like, I'm worried now. Does that mean I made a mistake? No, I think those that type of jitter is because you care so much about what you've produced that you have a healthy human side of you that's like, what if people don't respond or don't like it or it doesn't reach as many people? But if you can reach one person through something that you can create on this earth, just think about how much good you're adding into the world. There's so much white space for each and every single one of us. And so just imagine, I told Stevie, if one person ends up reading our book and one person's life is transformed by our message, and then one day when we get to heaven, we get to see that person and they say, you know what? Your book actually changed my life or it's a big part of the reason I'm here today. I have a feeling when I get to heaven, I would feel like, whoa, this is this is this is amazing. Job well done on earth, you know? Yeah. So I think instead of us thinking larger than life, let's just think really tiny, little, bite-sized and just pace ourselves, you know? I love that. I love that so much. And that's something that I thought about a lot when I first when I first started my blog. I thought, you know, if if I can like speak into one person's life, if I can help one person, like that's it. And then everything else is just sprinkles, you know, from there. Yeah, extra credit. Yes, totally. (laughs) Um, But it is really easy to, to, it's easy to like, lose sight of that, especially when you're doing something that you care about that that requires a lot of vulnerability and a lot of time. Like your book took you five years and you're, I think when we are so vulnerable, we want like extra affirmation in something. And so even if it's like from God, we're like, okay, God, like, am I on the right path here? And it feels like the only way it's a yes is if you do have the Kylie Jenner effect on something. You know, it's like you put something out into the world and it explodes Uh -uh. into rainbows. That is the, like, that's the only Uh -uh. version of affirmation. It's like, no, I think it, it doesn't, that doesn't need to happen for something to be right or for something to be good or for you to be called to do something. It really could be one person's life being better for having read your thing or seen your thing or, you know, whatever your thing is, one person's life being better is, is enough. And you know, what's crazy too, is like, if you look at anyone who is like your idol or just somebody that you look up to, okay. If you look at Jennifer Aniston before she was Rachel on Friends, you are going to see that for like a decade, she had been really going after this whole acting thing and, and and nobody really knew her really that at the time. I think so often we look at people's success stories and the highlight reels of their lives that we actually don't realize that it either either they do a really good job at making it seem like things are all perfect and fancy and great and successful. But most of the time, the most success the people who have reached milestones in their dreams and and like have had those wow factor effects. It's a lot of like, it took them a long time to get there or it took them a bunch of failure to get there. And I think that's what makes those little moments when you do get there that much sweeter. Like if somebody handed me on a platter 10 years ago and said, here, you can be the host of E! News. Like you can be the Julianne Rancic, here you go. Just imagine what my path could would have looked like. I would have never felt the motivation or the fire up my butt to go and pursue something of my own And I definitely wouldn't be living the life that I live today, which it's not an easier life. But I think if we do the hard things now, 
life does get easier and success will follow when you are so obedient to the calling that I feel like God has for your life. And for me personally, it's really hard as a believer, but also somebody who genuinely cares about just people in general, you know, like all religion aside, it's just about relationship. And so I just care about everyone. And so sometimes that's my double-edged sword is like, I care what they think and I I, I want to serve and I want to do it well. And am I doing a good enough job? Am I, am I really representing for women like what I feel like God wants me to be? Like I can be so hard on myself. And I think what I've learned, if anything, through the process of writing this book and honestly launching this book during a war starting out into the world like that we didn't predict seven months prior when we were, you know, marketing the strategy behind this book. I think what I realized was that, you know, God has a plan, whether or not I'm in the boardroom, you know, of my life in that meeting, like he has a plan for my life. And it's just a matter of like, do you want to show up today? Are you going to walk into the plan, the game plan? And And instead of me getting so distracted by looking to my left and my right and some of the numbers sometimes that we get caught up in with other people's success and hustling harder and doing the most. I mean, when I was living in Los Angeles at this time, I had started building my blog to a point where it had gotten pretty good attention, where I was able to be in the room, same room as like certain A-list celebrities. I was getting invited to those parties and those things, quote unquote, that help you network and build your persona and all the things that LA sometimes brings. I remember walking into an event and I'm telling you, every A-list celebrity is just passing me by and I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's so-and-so or, you know, and I literally saw like Kylie Jenner. I said, we're talking about her. That's why I said it popped up in my head. But like, you see Kylie Jenner and I saw Kendall Jenner and Kim and, you know, these people that are just people, you know? And when I walked into this event with all these celebrities and their fancy dresses and their nice jewelry and all that, I was in that moment where I always wondered, what would it feel like to be amongst the elite and to be here? And in a sense, in that moment, I was like, well, I was invited here. So in a way, I kind of have arrived, I think, right? But when I was in that moment, I felt this emptiness waiting for me there. And it was this it was this realization for me, realizing like, when you think about a good life or the good life, as Kanye West raps about, that is a life where Western society has really built this fixation on self-pursuit and that you have to chase the next thing and the next thing you have to hit this milestone. It's very performative. It's success. If you want the big house, the nice cars, the good life is like fancy things. And while that's okay to have nice things, what I realized in that moment at that event was that I think I'm missing the real thing. I think a real good life, not the one that's advertised to us on billboards and things. I think I realized early on, like, I think a real life is like, really like loving where you are right now in your life, like despite not being where you want to be. And also not missing out on what's right in front of you, like the relationships and the friendships and life, actual life. Like, was I living life in that season? No, I was just hustling and chasing and trying to build and grow. And so I forgot that while there's this cool life out here dangling, I got a small enough taste of that life where I was like, I don't want that. And I I, I really was glad that God sort of allowed me to get a little peek through that 
glamorous lifestyle and fantasy land. Because when I got there, I had realized this feels really empty. And I think we all wonder, you know, Jim Carrey said it best. He said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so that they realize that that's not it, you know? And I just feel like for me, I've had to check myself over the course of these past 10 years so many times on that. And motherhood and, and being a mom, now living back in Texas, that really woke me up. Being a mom saved me. It really did. God used my kids to show me that like, this is one childhood that they get. And it's like, am I going to show up and I'm gonna, am I going to be here for them? Or am I going to continue to go, 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 go and hustle, hustle, hustle? Because success, one of my friends, Don Cherie, she said, you know, what if success isn't about going higher? Like what if success is actually about going lower? I mean, that totally flips everything we've ever learned in America upside down. But going lower, meaning like reaching out to those people that are in your life, reaching out for the things that are right in front of you. God has given every single person listening to this podcast right now, He's given you, Stephanie, and me, all really a, a unique toolbox of gifts, of resources. And your toolbox looks different than mine, but it doesn't mean that, like, just because you may have more hammers or screws than yours and mine looks like, doesn't mean that our toolbox is not good enough and it's not magical enough to do some amazing things. So just try to appreciate what's in front of you. And so, our book, A Real Good Life, it really doesn't. It's not going to teach you anything that's, that you don't already know, but we are going to explore like what it means to genuinely and authentically live this life that I'm talking about right now. Because it's a life where I feel like is nowadays just being forgotten about and, and people are waking up and realizing, hold on, this is crazy. Like I, my kids just, my kids grew up right before my eyes or I was chasing this thing for so long that I missed out on the beautiful friendships in front of me. And I've, I think there's a few people that we probably all need to text and catch up with, you know? And so I just hope that this message, if it's encouraging anybody that we would continue to have this conversation because I could talk about it all day, every day. And that's why I finally put pen to paper and, and, <laughs> and talked about it in the book. But what a timely message. And I think we need our generation to really hear this because we're going to miss out on the real thing if we don't. Yeah, yeah. I... I Talk to me about kind of what it looked, what it's looked like in your day-to-day -day life, like specifically with like your routines or your life rhythms um, to make, to like put legs to this. Like how, yeah. what does it look like to, to put legs to this in yeah, your actual a, life? That's such a great question. You know, it's a bunch of things. And I'll start by saying like, you know, a lot of, a lot of anyone and everyone will share their morning routine with you. Like you can go on Instagram right now as a whole hashtag. You can literally go, right? But that to me, what I've seen and I've, I've read books about, it's like, okay, so like that works for you. But like, what does that mean? Like if I do that exact thing, that then I'm going to have a good life. So there is a little bit of, yes, there's the practicality and like the importance of a morning routine. But I, I, I believe there's this big chunk of blank space. It's a canvas. And I believe that what you and I need to do if you really are like, okay, I want to put legs to this, you have to stop where you are right now, okay? Just like stop in your life. I mean, if you're driving, don't actually stop. But like <laughs> if you, you kind of have to stop where you are in the season of life that you are and you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. You need to have that real coming to the end of yourself moment where you start to look at 
everything that you've done. Like if you turn around, okay, whoa, I'm stopping for the first time. Whoa, I've been really going hard on this project. And that like really acknowledge first and foremost, everything that you have up, up to this point. And then what I want to encourage everybody to do is to visualize, like, what does your real good life look like? You know, what it, it's okay that you have vision. God gives us that ability for a reason. It's like, if you had to audit your life today, what are some of the mountains that you can draw and say like, all right, these are probably three big major mountains in my life that I need to conquer because they're getting in the way of this life that I want to live. And so if one of those mountains, for example, for you could be like, I'm having a really hard time right now parenting my kids, that's a mountain. What are the other mountains? It's another challenge in your life. So it's something that I do and I sit with myself and I do this exercise. I say, okay, me and Stevie have just been passing each other by, my husband and I, in this season of life with three kids. And it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel right. So I like put that as a mountain. And then I look at like my personal health mountain and I'm like, well, I haven't eaten like crap lately or whatever. <laughs> and it's not you like nitpicking yourself and being your worst critic, but it's that it's that one hour or so where you can be super real with yourself. You can you can have do whatever you want with that pity party time of yours, but just be real. And and when you visualize the life that you want, I believe that you have to tackle some of these mountains before you can actually get to that good that you're visualizing, but it doesn't mean that you can't love your life today and where you are right now. So for me, I love the idea that in this book we have made it very simple to help people navigate because life is a oof, that's a that's a broad topic. So we took a 24-hour day span and we're using stories and narratives but also pra- practical approaches in this book where we take a 24-hour day and we split it up into four phases of the day. So in the morning hour, we talk about reflection in the midday, which is when we're all running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to get things done, drop kids off at school, pick them up. That hour is for focus. And then we get into the um, evening hour, which is gather. For me, I see that as five o'clock, you know, like time to turn it off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get into your nighttime routine and that is rest. And we talk about all how all of those things, I believe, are, are a fabric of our, uh, in our good life. It's one good day at a time is I think what ultimately helps kind of build your good life. It's like a good life starts with just that one day and those days become an extension in your good life. So that's where we, we've kind of really gotten a little bit more, not strategic, that's one of my favorite words, but like a little bit more intentional, I guess you can say in this book versus when you go on my Instagram and you get little fun videos and things like that. I feel like this book is probably the most valuable piece of content because I really did need to think about it and write it out and actually put it to the test and see like, how does this work for me? And I can actually go through the book today and actually feel like it's helping me alongside the current season that I'm in. So you can pick it up at any point and and start where you are. And I feel like it's just going to help you um, in your journey um, as you're cultivating your good life. 